Hey mama, Shaz here. I'm a millennial mama to a toddler, a makeup artist, plant mom, and oh, editor at Sassy Mama. Join me as I chat with other cool mamas and dads to get the scoop on family life and of course, top tips for getting your babies to sleep through the night and how to help your tweens go completely device-free. <laughs> Just kidding, but we'll try our best. Welcome to the Sassy Mama Unfiltered Podcast. Hey mamas, um, today we have Faz Gaffa Marsh, who's a mama of one, writer and digital marketer extraordinaire, um, whose work has been published on so many amazing publications. She's had her work on Allure US, Refinery29, BuzzFeed, Female, Her World, and most recently, Vogue Singapore. Uh, she also founded My Safe Sphere, which is an inclusive online community that offers low-cost group therapy sessions. And of course, she is a huge, huge advocate for diversity and inclusivity. So welcome, Buzz! Thanks for having me. So exciting. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for coming and taking time out of your day. Looking so fabulous. I know you said you're going to the gym, but <laughs> it's it's very nice, comfortable gym wear. Very cool. Yeah, thanks. so... Um, I think we can talk about how you and Sassy Mama actually go way back. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Sassy Mama actually started sometime in uh, 2013. And at that time, we had Sassy Singapore, which is a younger website for you know women uh, looking for fun stuff to do in town. And, you know, just nothing parenting related, which is why we have Sassy Mama. But at the same time, Sassy actually hired Faz as editor. Yeah, I was just the interim editor for a while I think I was in the process of leaving my old job and moving to the US and they were desperately looking for somebody who actually knew Singapore and there I was so I literally did it for I think six months three months in Singapore and then three months while I was in the US that's amazing so yeah. you were working like even with the time difference and everything I think I was in LA so it was not so bad not oh. like the crazy hours if you worked if you were in New York yeah right right it was manageable <laughs> right I right, mean right. I did have a kid so it was okay yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that your son is three now yes he just turned three like right. in September oh my gosh <laughs> oh, it's a big it's a big age like you know developmentally yeah yeah right? it is yeah. did you have him here when we planned on having kids we knew that we wanted to move back to Singapore just right. because I mean, I knew the system here and at that point in time, uh, Trump just came into the White House uh, and we knew that we didn't want to raise a brown boy oh, right. so, in the US. Wow. So really, like, um, we moved back exactly like four years ago, yeah. like before he was given the crown. <laughs> right, right, okay. So, but you also mentioned uh, your husband got a job opportunity in Singapore. Yeah, so yeah. he got a, a job opportunity here and then, yeah, I mean, we've been here since. Right. Um, and... Hopefully, we'll be here for a long time to come. Cool, yeah, hopefully. You do so many things at one go. It's truly amazing. So, you work part-time and also um, yeah. have freelance jobs. I mean, I think I am a free spirit. <laughs> but I also enjoy doing a lot of things. I think in this point in time, like I feel like everybody's doing more than one thing. Right, you know? right. And again, if you're not doing more than one thing, your job is probably like <laughs> enough for you. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm doing PR and marketing mm. for Sugar Mat. Nice. It's a Montreal-based, actually, no, born in Montreal, now all over the world. Uh, it's a yoga brand and like athletic accessories. And then also for La Souk, yeah. which is a brand for modern women. And which I love. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I think that's it. And my safe sphere. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy doing multiple things. I think, like, being able to do many things also helps me flex my creativity. Right. But also, like, working in, like, writing for FMB also means that I learn about that industry that I can apply for something else. Right, right. Yeah. Because there's only so much you can write and then, yeah, you know. There's so much that you can write about, like, red list things. <laughs> Yeah, so we actually have a conversation before where um, Fas was saying, you know, she was just done with writing listicles yeah. of like, you know, top 10 um, red lipsticks for brown girls. I mean, I've been writing literally half my life. The first magazine I worked for was when I was 17 years old and now I'm 34. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so like I'm done with writing that, right? You yeah. know, it's come to a point where I can choose and pick and choose what right. I want to write. Right, you yeah. have the luxury of that. Yeah. Cool. So with all of that going on, what does a typical work day look like <laughs> for you? It's never a typical day, right? Oh, but wow. um, So every day, I wake up when my son wakes up. Uh-huh. He's my alarm clock, usually about 7 o'clock. And then we get him breakfast and ready for school, drop him off. And then um, usually <laughs> that three and a half hours is my time mm-hmm. where like either like if I have crazy deadlines, I'll do that then. Or uh, I will go and work out or even like have brunch with friends or something. And then he comes home and the whole thing, you know, <laughs> all moms do this, right? The whole like lunch and like fight to shower, fight to leave the shower, <laughs> fight to take a nap. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been there and there. <laughs> yeah. um, right. And then so on weekdays, um, I'm usually at my mom's. Yeah. So if I have to do work at home, at least you know, there's somebody who's, who will entertain him. And we also have a part-time helper who, mm. who's great with kids. Nice. Um, yeah, and then so when I put him down for bed, he usually goes to bed about seven, seven, no, seven thirty to eight. Right, and then that's when I work. Oh my gosh, I've seen you posting doing work at like two a.m. Yeah, I mean like it really depends. Like you know, I think sometimes like it's easier for me to like sleep with him and right. get my full six hours and wake up at like two or three in the morning and yeah. like right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because at least it's 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 quite it's very quiet at night, yeah. right? Like no nothing's going on, and yeah. yeah, I totally get that. So what what exactly does your husband do? Um, so he was working in TV in Singapore, mm. uh, but now he's working as a lecturer. Oh, yeah. So when we were living in LA, he was also teaching, and mm. he's enjoyed teaching as nice. well. So when we moved to Singapore, um, he wanted to work in the TV industry just to see how it is. So he was doing that for four years and. Recently, just recently, he moved to teaching. Right. Yeah. Cool. Teaching film and TV as well. Right. So your husband is American. Yeah, he's American. And um, I think one of the things that like stick out with your family is the fact that you guys are like so blended. Being in a mixed marriage in Singapore, what what is it like? Uh, I mean, we've been together for 10 years and my husband actually came to Singapore to do his master's. That was how we met. I think because I'm so tall... When people look at us in Singapore, they can't fig- can't quite figure out whether like I'm Indian or I'm black too. Or, like you know, it's always the like whatever. But we've never actually gotten any like weird stares. Oh, okay. Um. Or like. Yeah, you guys just look good together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like I I know some um, mixed marriage couples who have like experienced discrimination in Singapore as well. Right. But we've never actually had mm. any of that. Yeah. yeah, because probably like I will also beat them up lah. Right, but right, right. Different story for but another time. <laughs> it means that your son is um you know half black and half Asian. You use the term Blasian yeah. a lot. He's which Blindian, is, I say. Oh, Blindian. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, raising a biracial child is something that has to come. It's something that I do very consciously. I feel like a lot of motherhood it comes to me naturally, but when it comes to highlighting both his Indian and his black side, I think. 
it's something that I have to educate myself regularly on. Right. Um, you know, it's it, like it starts all the way from like when in the infancy when I'm choosing books for him, mm. like who are the people in the books, what color are they, and how are they representing the the, the characters. To like even play groups, like you know, mm. interfaith play groups, play groups that have people of different uh, colors, mm. and also when it comes to authority figures, people in le- leadership, like the teachers and everything. So they have to, you know, be Chinese and Malay, and like somebody wearing a hijab mm. and somebody wearing like yeah. yeah. So it, it's important for me to do that. Uh, I think because he has such curly hair. Right. People will automatically ask me what race is his dad. Oh, yeah, especially taxi drivers. So like the other day we went into a taxi and then the driver asked him, "Boya, why your hair so curly?" He said, "Uncle, why you no hair?" <laughs> so I'm like, "Yep, he's, he's your up son. Yeah, he's definitely your son. Oh my goodness, so quick with the clapbacks." Yeah, I think now he's starting to ask questions. He's starting to be conscious of things around him. Right. Um, so one of the things I did when we were picking uh, preschools is to make sure that it's diverse, it's yeah. inclusive. Yeah, and more than just um, cultural, religious and racial diversity, I also wanted to make sure that they integrated special kids mm. with normal um, normal kids. Neurotypical yeah. Yeah. children, yeah. Um, and we found one which is a great school wow. and he's found you know, he's yeah. found his own like sense of self there, Aww. which is great. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, such a character. He's yeah, so he cute. Is. Every time I see him on Instagram, <laughs> Aww, he's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, very young children are prone to something called transducive reasoning. Mm. So it actually leads them to think that people are alike in one way. If people are alike in one way, they are also alike in other ways. So right. let's say I am brown yeah. and I'm really good at spelling my name. So other brown people must also be really good at spelling their names. Right. But this also leads to racial bias. Correct. Yeah. So like. So when parents highlight, oh, like, you know, oh, this Chinese person is really good at, um, I don't know, math. Uh-huh. So say, say it's a Chinese kid, it's like, oh, okay, this other other Chinese people must, must also be good, really good. Yeah. And that means that brown people are not good at math. Oh, right. Yeah. Of course. So I think it's very important for you as a parent to, like, be with people who are not your race. Yeah. And highlight that they can actually be similar. Yes. So, like... My son loves swimming just as much as my friend's daughter, Kelly, who's Chinese does. Mm. But like my son, who is brown, and his cousin, who is brown, don't have similar, you know, interests. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think like this is very important for parents to encounter. Whether, whether it's a brown parent or whether it's a Chinese right, parent or right, whether right. it's a white parent. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I think especially in Singapore... It, it's very apparent when it comes to class, mm. you know, like um, it's a very typical misconception that like, oh, only, you know, a certain race is um, qualified or can afford certain things and then the other races are like not as qualified. So the moment you see like somebody of a certain race in a particular role or doing something and then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. come Ken? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Success story. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, splash it all over and then that leads to tokenism <laughs> of course yeah so yeah i totally get you and raising kids to see that every person 
is different. I I don't know why, but this keeps um coming into my mind. Um, the Malay and the Muslim uh approach to dogs, uh, especially okay. you know, I am like super cool with dogs. You know, for me, it's like if if I happen to touch one, of course I just like you know yeah. cleanse my hands um accordingly and all that. But a lot of uh, Chinese or Indian people think like oh Malay cannot touch dogs yeah. and they hate dogs. But it's true. Dogs. I mean because right. there are a lot of Malay and yeah. Muslim people who are like oh I cannot right yeah. right exactly yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I'm trying to teach my daughter that you know, just because we see a dog and we don't t- want to touch it, doesn't mean that we cannot appreciate the dog. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's just one one of the things. Yeah. My my daughter's still very young, so I don't have a lot of opportunities. Um, <laughs> for t- and I'm generally not an animal person. Yeah. So oh, right. It's a cat or dog. So oh, like, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I totally get you because mm-hmm. you know my sister-in-law has a dog and like so. Yeah, things like that. Aww, yeah, we get it. So sweet. You know, your son is being raised in Singapore, but under probably under very different circumstances as you, right? I mean, in a mm. very different environment also. What differences do you see mm. between your upbringing and his? I think a lot of things that my parents did were unconscious. Okay. Um, I'm sure like a lot of the decisions they made were were conscious, especially when it comes to teaching me about religion, teaching me about you know things that have to do with school and things like that. But I think the way they raised me was very woke for their time. Oh, wow. Um, but they didn't realize it. Like, you mm. know, like, making sure that my brother and I had equal opportunities, um, you know. And then, like, even the books that they that they selected for me, like, you know, things that I remember, I vividly remember. I'm like, wow, they're, they're really ahead of their times, right. you know. My parents always made sure that I could do what I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of Indian Muslim families... Mm. With daughters, right. got to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they usually have like, you know, a set target yeah, yeah, yeah. or a goal. Yeah. And then after that, just like, you make sure you go yeah. to university. I mean, like, I didn't go to JC. <laughs> I didn't go to a local uni and all like, you know, I'm a creative where all the rest of my cousins are like, uh, teach MOE teachers. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But do you think it's because of their experience as minorities in Singapore that actually you know, uh, raised you and your brother to be mm. so woke? I think it's both ways. My dad also travelled a lot mm. before he got married. Nice. For me, I think, where whereas I know some people, like, don't want to use anything that they've ra- been raised with, mm. um, like, you know, parenting techniques and whatever, I feel like both a blend of old and new is good. Mm. You know, my husband and I constantly talk about, you know, like how we want to raise our child and what we want to expose him to, where we want to enroll him in. And like, I think talking about it yeah. is important. And being on the same page. Yeah, being yeah. on the same page. Yeah. Relationship goals. <laughs> I mean, we don't necessarily always agree. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I'm always right. <laughs> Duh. Aren't we always? <laughs> right. I think most recently, especially being married to an American, how has the recent elections impacted um, your family? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. So, there's always American news playing in our home. Right. <laughs> It's always in our background. Sounds very, like, patriotic. (laughs) No, it's just because my husband likes to listen to, you know, um, news. Okay. For me and my family, I think, you know, being so far apart has removed us from a lot of what's happening there. And in many, many circumstances, I am grateful. Mm. 
um because like i think about if we are still living there like right. our lives would be completely different I'm sure. like for example so my husband and i actually maybe 6 months before we moved back to singapore we were thinking of buying a home in california in this neighborhood that started to be one of the safest the sa- one there yeah, one of the top 10 safest neighborhood in the us last year there was a school shooting there oh my goodness yeah so like literally like wow. like if i live there right now I would be ridden in anxiety. Oh I I cannot God. let my brand my brown son out of the house. Of I don't know like you know it's right. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah so when when it happened and like and you know there's so many like um reports about racism and like people getting beaten up yeah. and shootings it's just like it's a whole different mess altogether that it's just not safe. Yeah. yeah. And you know I I'm I'm sure with you too like you know growing up in Singapore I feel like the US or New York has always seen like a beacon of hope because mm. we always see it like yeah. you know pop culture yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was 21 I first went to New York and like oh my god you know so exciting and like you see all the things <laughs> but like now I feel like uh, the past four years yeah, has revealed course. the US for what it actually is yeah yeah it set them back like oh my god don't yeah. know how many and don't get me wrong like I mean I still have like great friends and like you know John's family is all there so yeah. you know like they are very important people in our lives but i feel like the past four years has unveiled a lot of things that's wrong yeah, and how much more this improvement to grow and i feel like that's a lot for even for singapore right? right like i feel like we have so much more room to grow yeah so i mean we're excited to see what's going to happen mm. what well, what was the reaction uh when the when the results came out i don't know i think my husband was just like over it already <laughs> I think also like, because it went on for so yeah, long, yeah, and also right? because we were rooting for Bernie. Mm. Yeah, I think we were just we, what he said just made sense for right. us. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure you must be a lot more grateful to be, you know, here in Singapore now and raising your son in a more yeah. I mean, like, I mean, for so many reasons, right? Mm. I mean, like, one, when my dad fell sick, I'm so glad that we're here. To like in the pandemic, like there's no better bubble to be in than yeah. the Singapore bubble. Right. Yeah. Right. And like you know, so many other reasons. Like you know, I know the healthcare system here. After having lived in the US, I'm very grateful to come back here. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Do you have any tips for moms who want to teach kids about inclusivity or just integrating it into their lives, especially if they are from a majority race? First, you need to check yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. All of us have unconscious bias, yeah. And you know, so I think it's first realizing like what bias you have, and then trying to rectify it. And then you know, just small little things like you know, making sure that the books you buy for your kids. Also have kids of other races, mm. kids who have hair of different textures, mm. and like when you take them to the to play groups or when you choose preschools, make sure it's all not one color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And I know sometimes it can be hard, especially when you put your child into like you know Mandarin speaking mm. play groups and things like that. But you know, like whether it's you know swimming classes or like whatever, you know, it's just in Singapore they make it very we. I think it's very easy for you to try and mm. be more woke. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I think yeah. there's yeah a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Wait, so your ha- your son takes uh Mandarin form- formally? <laughs> so no, he so in school he takes uh English and Mandarin. Okay. So one day he comes back from school and then he tells me, "Mama, do you know what I am?" I'm like, "What? I'm Chinese." <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Really? Why? Why do you see your Chinese?" Well, because my friend uh, Sonia takes Chinese in school, 
and she's Chinese. So I take Chinese school, so I'm Chinese. It's like okay, I know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bother rectifying. I didn't correct him because I'm like, you know, let let him do do right. his own thing. Because yeah. I feel like also, you know, we live in a society where people can can identify as whoever they want, right? So if he wants to identify as Chinese, let him be. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, it's so sweet. Um, I think just now you mentioned your father who was ill, and um, I think some time ago you you did say that you founded My Safe Sphere, that online community that's um, you know uh, um, bringing people together for low cost uh, therapy sessions. It, it it was a product of your yeah. So I passing. mean, my father was uh, diagnosed with lung cancer in November twenty Um, so it was not even three months after that he passed away, mm. um, and then so I was dealing with a lot when he passed away, obviously because uh, no, like my, Aww, my I'm so sorry, I didn't want to be, <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay, um, you know we ha- we are a very close knit family right. and dealing with my grief, I wrote about it a lot mm. on my social media and whenever I wrote about it, I would receive like dozens of messages from people who are also grieving and yeah. you know they they have been grieving for like ten. Yeah. Five ten years, and they've never actually dealt with the grief. It's always something that's been that they just, just carry sitting. around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's while that's true for grief, I feel like you still also need an outlet mm-hmm. to talk to somebody. And I feel like when it comes to something like your parent passing away, you don't really know what it's like until yeah. you actually lose somebody. Of course, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you know, so I wanted to, f- for me especially, I think as somebody who's Indian Muslim, mm. uh, when I started seeking help, when I started looking for avenues to seek help, I found it very daunting. Mm. One, because um, I have a lot of my religion to think about. Um, two, it was it was daunting to talk about it. In general. In general, yeah. in, a, in a clinical setting to somebody mm. I don't know. Yeah. And then three, like people who I would want to see are like, hella expensive, man. Right. Yeah. So when I started talk, talking about uh, to to other people about this, and then I realized like even my mom's friend who was I guess in her fifties then, and she was diagnosed with depression, mm. and her husband told her, just pray, mm. yeah, yeah. And like while I totally get it, like you know, I mean Islam teaches you to play, pray, but also God teaches you to seek out seek other help. avenues. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean like science is there for a reason, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, that's what I wanted to do with my safe sphere. So I wanted to create like um, small group therapy sessions that acted as a first step. So you know, with like anything, like even alcoholism or any addiction, first step is to recognize the right. problem. So likewise, when it comes to therapy, the first step is to putting a name to what you're feeling. Um, you know, a lot of like, for example, a lot of moms feel blue. So mm. is it postnatal depression or is it not? Or like, you know, when your parent is dying, you mm. you go through this. Grief, yeah. but why are you grieving when they're still there? So yeah. it's something called basically preemptive grief. Right. Um. So so yeah. So I wanted to do like small group therapy sessions. So every quarter we focus on a topic, bring like about ten people together with a therapist and uh, me. So just as a facilitator, mm. so people talk about it and then you know just have a session and then to for them to experience what therapy may be like and right. if they want to continue. They but can. unfortunately. I launched during COVID. Yeah, so. but it, it seems like it's already quite a tight knit community, even yeah, just I mean, online. Yeah. yeah, so I think I'm very lucky. I think also because I think I can express what I feel through words, 
and I feel people resonate with that. Yeah, you're so good at it. <laughs> Every time you. you come up with, you know, a whole writing about it, I'm like, I don't know why, but I feel like crying <laughs> heavily. And I I probably have never even experienced such a, you know, such an emotion, but yeah, you just do it so well. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, regularly, even up till now, we get about two to three messages of people just wanting a listening ear. Mm. And, you know, I, I always say I'm not a medical professional yeah, and course. I'm always happy to lead you to, you know, whatever that you want, you need. Mm. But if you need a listening ear, I'm right here. Right. Um, so in Circuit Breaker, we received like two very distressing messages, one from somebody who was suicidal <gasps> and one from somebody who uh, was experiencing spousal abuse. Oh. While... I feel like being a journalist and being a writer, I've been on the ground. Of, but also, like I think my CSU has also opened my eyes to a lot of pockets of society that I've never been exposed to. Mm. I think definitely, like the concept of therapy um, is is more welcoming now. I have friends who have undergone therapy, and you know they they just come out so surprised. They're like, oh. Actually, that's really, I just needed to tell somebody yeah. and be led in the right direction, yeah. you know, instead of like having all these like scatterbrain yeah. um, thoughts. Yeah, I think when I started seeking help, it was like literally like my hair was falling out, oh. my eczema was, was like full, right. crazy, and like, like I, it was just a strange time in my life, like basically nothing in my body worked. Right, it was obviously a yeah, so physically. Like, yeah, it was yeah. Physi- it became something physical. So right. I went to a nutritionist to oh. get it checked, and she said, I think you need to see a therapist. Oh. I, you can do things with me later. Mm. So that was when I started looking into therapy, and because, and then I realized that, you know, when your body is in fight or flight, because I was in such a pit of grief. Mm. My body was just reacting physically as yeah. well. Yeah. Like my hair fall was worse than postpartum. Wow, yeah. and that's saying a lot. Yeah, you know, anybody listening now will know that postpartum hair loss is real. And like you see on your Instagram, it's like mm, you can't really fix it. You just wait for it to pass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like another part of pregnancy. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of postpartum hair loss, I just like the other day woke up and then really looked at myself in the mirror, like really looked because I don't, I, I just, yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. forget yeah. what you look like sometimes. And I was just like, wait, where did this whole chunk of like baby hair come from? Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's been growing out. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> but it's like coming out of my hijab and everything. So everything has to be like <laughs> pushed back with my husband's pomade, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. So. Oh, thanks so much for sharing uh, about all that. Do you have a recommendation of the week? You should try meditating. Ooh. Yeah, I mean like, you know, I pray five times a day. Yeah. But like, you know, meditating, okay, I try to pray five times a day. Okay, no <laughs> judgment, I get yes. you, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, meditating is a whole different thing where you just like be with yourself. And okay. you know, if you need, I feel like when you're starting, you need a guided meditation and okay. the Apple Watch does a great job with that. Nice. She's um, already plugging the Apple stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you don't know Faz, she is a huge Apple fan. She's got the watch, she's got the iPad, she's got the MacBook Air. Everything. You can slide to my DMs and ask me about the M1 chip. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and by the way, not sponsored at all. She's not being endorsed at all whatsoever. She just really, really loves Apple. Yeah. Yeah. On meditation. Okay. I feel like I would feel really silly while doing it. So, so does this thing, you can do a guided walking meditation. Okay. So like... Even on Spotify, there's right. something... You just look up, like, guided walking meditation. So, it actually... Like, while you're walking, you're actually doing some breathing exercises. Ah, and you're just plugged in. Okay. So, it's li- literally just you. Yeah. 
and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be distracted like, with anything else. Like I feel like sitting down mm-hmm. and meditating can get really really hard. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like you start fidgeting, yeah, like, fidgeting or like something like oh then yeah, you're at itchy home and you just ah, yeah, right. yeah. When I do yoga, I just feel a lot better just going through the motions of the breathing. So it's probably similar. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And how does the watch help you? For example, there's this breathe app, right? Right. So they, you can actually do like breathing exercises. Ooh. So it guides you through the breathe breathing exercises nice and there's also another one that's called calm also has guided meditation mm. so like morning stretch and like things like that oh okay yeah. okay and it doesn't take long it doesn't take long i mean you can start from a minute to oh. five minutes ten minutes okay yeah. right yeah. I'm, I'm terrible i have no exercise meditation routine going on for me at all so it's probably a good start <laughs> okay i have one okay one really good one okay. okay so i've been really really bad at going to the gym okay just because my gym is in raffles place and i le- never leave the east yeah anymore. you were posting the other day yeah yeah it's just so, so hard i central. found this thing called the pilates class mm-hmm. and it's really like a butt kicking exercise nice. so it's online it's by this um, pilates instructor in australia and she has this like super calm and like whatever voice, yeah, but yeah. like, sh- like literally, I'm just it like works. drenched. Nice, yeah, cool. So it's called the Pilates class. Try it. They have like a seven day trial for oh, free. Oh, yeah. right, right. It's an app. Mm, I think they have an app and they have it on desktop as well. Oh, I just so usually watch it on my just watch smart the videos. TV, oh, okay, yeah. okay, cool, yeah. cool. Right, and this is like without the equipment. Yeah, with no equipment. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you I'm can you can do it on your sugar mat if you like. like. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions already? Um, I don't do New Year resolutions. I do resolutions on my birthday. Oh, where when is your birthday? Uh, it's in June, so it's uh, usually like middle of the year. Okay, okay. Yeah, less um, pressure. So last year I wanted to relearn um, my Arabic oh, letters nice. to read the Quran. So right. I did that. And I wanted to do something for something else. So mm-hmm. on my birthday last year, I set up a fundraiser for um, p- to help the people suffering from COVID nineteen in Yemen. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah. oh yes, but I for saw Doctors that. Without Borders, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I raised like almost five thousand in in four days. It's or something. so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like I mean I loved it. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of accepting gifts, yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah. Like, like I mean, yeah. like. I you know I'm I don't eat a gift like right. there's nothing I want that I cannot buy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, quite a lot of people have been doing that for their kids' birthdays also. Uh, okay, so okay, it's it's nice. quite yeah, 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 it's really nice. I mean, I think everybody's just uh, trying to be mindful of like the waste that gets involved yeah. with uh, buying gifts that you probably don't need and all that. So instead of actually having um, guests come over and bring gifts, just put up a donation link or something and then say it's in the name of like whoever um, is donating. That's cool. Yeah, which is nice, yeah. But if we're talking about New Year's resolutions, there's one thing I want to do. It's not so much a resolution. It's like, I think I want to learn something new mm. like that's out of what I usually do. Mm-hmm. So like, actually using my skills future money. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was just looking. Yeah. Oh my God, me and my husband are legit thinking of taking a like plant, uh, planting course. <laughs> So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do an electric maintenance course. Oh my goodness. You Be- know what? It will be useful. Because I'm yeah. so frustrated when I call somebody in at right. home. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yes. And I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Like, 
I need to know the left and right and the reds and blues. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is it just like a day long course? No, it's like a six week long, like three hours of Girl. the work. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm going, probably going to die after. <laughs> or you can come up with your own like yeah. electricity <laughs> business. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. But actually super useful, really. Yeah. I know I always feel really, really... Um, apprehensive every time I want to approach like a handyman yeah. or something because you, you're scared of sounding yeah. dumb and my father was was one of those he was very handy around oh, the house nice. so after he passed away I'm like I don't know left, right and centre I right. mean like he taught me a lot of things which like I'm better at things around the house than my husband yeah I hope he doesn't listen <laughs> 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 but yeah so yeah I want to you know I want to learn yeah. nice yeah. okay cool cool yeah let's hope it works out for you thanks so much for coming and taking time out of your day because I was sitting here and, and chatting with me yeah, yeah. Congratulations on Sassy Mama's first podcast series. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback or suggestions, do drop us an email at sassy at sassymamasg.com or find us on social media. We are Sassy Mama Singapore on Facebook and Sassy Mama SG on Instagram. This has been Sassy Mama Unfiltered. (laughs) 